Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to Food for Thought. A podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <gasps> identity, uh, culture, uh, what we like to read, and who we uh, like to read. Don't look at me like that, Tommy. <laughs> Food for thought. They named a line of antibiotics after us. <laughs> I did that all on my own, Tommy. It's mostly Joe. It's mostly Joe. It's for Joe. Uh, I'm Tommy Teebs Pico, an indigenous American poet, screenwriter, single, and actively mingling. I can suck the color out of a marble, and I'm making the case for full matriarchy now. Mm. Yeah, it'll fix everything. Uh, I'm Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. And for all the Riverdale fans out there, I am a Veronica Sun Jughead Moon Cheryl Rising. Mm. I'm so confused. Ooh. No one here knows what Those Riverdale words. is. The, everyone in a conference that is like, is that a band? Uh, <laughs> what is that? Hmm. Well, when you come back with a Sabrina reference, I'll get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if yes. they're akin to each other, you would really like Riverdale. Okay, okay. We, we need to get on this. Actually, we'll, we'll discuss it. I've actually been thinking about watching Riverdale. There's an, act- <laughs> there's an actor I like the on most, it. I've been thinking about watching it. I've been like, thinking bookmarked. about it. Bookmarked. I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, a writer, and a former figure skater, and I am not above fucking you for your AC in this heat wave. Listen, oh, that yeah. is real. It's I have so done listen, that before. She's a resourceful thought. Tommy literally has a book about it. Yeah, it's called yes. IRL. Yes. Oh my god. Because I mean, that's what you do in IRL. I mean, it's a very New York thing too. Or Los Angeles thing yeah. when you're mm-hmm. like fucking someone for the AC or some, mm-hmm. or fucking someone for like the rent price. Listen. The pool. I mean, I feel like listen. In LA it's the pool. The pool. Wait, listen. people have pools here? Yep. Yeah. Yep. People have what? pools. California. You have to use the talents God gave you. Oh my god. And I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer my gender is lace shirts and my sexuality is lace panties oh that's nice <laughs> I, I like I lace no comment yeah <laughs> I, I think well, it really it's depends on how they fit you because yeah, they they don't, they've got they to fit you right i hate all of you <laughs> <laughs> truly Very hate hateable. all of you Very disgusting hateable. you should be ashamed of yourself i am i am <laughs> you, yeah i mostly am sometimes <laughs> and dennis has thought about maybe being ashamed of <laughs> shame is bookmarked the the shame. Book we'll, shame. we'll get to it the only thought who has truly none truly zero i was born without that gene okay. i have a lot of shame just not a lot of you know um remorse <laughs> <laughs> for any of my actions uh, Joe, why don't you tell us what we got on the menu this week? I would love to. This week, we have real sex with fake people. We take a dip in the ocean. For our main topic, we say yes. And for dessert, we belt journey. Yay. Take it away. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling a little... Peckish, so I think it's time we start the top of this show the way any good top should with <gasps> a little tease. Mm. Our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Bouche. And to amuse our bouches, 
Joe? All right, thoughts. In this game, I'm going to test your guessing skills and your writing skills, really. I'm going to list off some actual unlicensed commercially available celebrity sex dolls the thoughts here are going to have to guess the actual tagline the actual copy written and pasted on the outside of the sex doll so it's it's like when you get the sex doll what does it say on the outside of the box oh my god and then i'll let you know the actual what the actual packaging says about the simulated celebrity genitalia and we'll see if you get it right or wrong okay okay you want to play Punderdome, don't lie. I endorse right, right. that. I endorse First off, that. we have Miley Cyrus. Who's got a tagline for sex doll? I could only think of one Tommy. thing, and that was, come in her like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How about Miley Cyrus? <laughs> Yours are just all going to be ass puns, aren't yes, they, Fran? all ass mine, puns. Mine was also come inside me like a wrecking ball. Oh, it, was wow. so, it was too easy. It no. was so easy. Um, I think that I think the, the copywriters beat you. Daddy's little stoner is ready for you to bone her. No. <laughs> oh. No. I don't even know. It has an end run, you guys. <laughs> no. I'll remember that for next time. Uh, next, And this actually made the news when this came out. Next up in Hello, Dolly, Justin Bieber. <gasps> oh. Tommy. Oh, my As long goodness. as you fuck me. No. <laughs> I hate that. That's disgusting. Help me. That's all I could come up. He needs he he needs to be helped. Okay, okay. He okay, needs okay. to be fucked to help. So help um, me. The, this one, the, I think the copy wasn't that good. I want to be your boy toy. And then my best part, because this was actually made for gay men. And so on the outside, it says, I'm not gay, dot, dot, dot. Okay, maybe just a little. Oh, oh my god. Well, I, I mean, that would at least really get men turned on. So Wait, I just, <laughs> men love to, gay men love that's straight. That's true. Uh, be oriented, yeah. Uh, oh, really? I remember, yeah. When I went to Vegas, I saw this line of shirts that said, like, I'm not gay, but $20 is $20. And I was like, what? I feel like that would work for him. I feel, I just came up with a new one. It's just, am I your lesbian? Oh. Okay. You no. will workshop it. We'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know anything about Justin. Wow. <laughs> Justin Beaver. Next up, um, Snooky from the Jersey Shore. I thought of one, but it's, Tommy. it's Tommy. extremely sexist and it's just Jersey Whore. That's what I was going to say. I love being called a whore. We'll talk about that in our consent portion. I being called a whore. I love being called um, from Jersey. That's really, that's the worst. That's the worst. A Jersey kink. Full reminder that I was born in Jersey. We're going to say that. I always forget. I like that it's forgettable. I just was like, I've always been obsessed with the fact that her name is Snooky. So I was just like, what do you think my name comes from? Your cookie. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many rhymes. I mean, the actual lines are "play nooky with her snooky," and then this was a thing that came up a lot. Uh, fill her three greasy gravy holes. Fill her three greasy. Gravy holes? Gravy holes? Gravy holes? I don't know. Is this Thanksgiving? What is this? I don't know. Does she have a a gravy thing in the show? Is she all about gravy? I mean, they they do a lot of Italian food. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense, but I loved it. Gravy holes. Um, Barack Obama. I thought it was just... Um, I thought it was just like the hope poster, but it just said hole. <laughs> That's so good! Oh, oh, God. God. oh God, that 
wins. That's Ooh. really good. If um, the I just if the oval is a rockin'. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, so um, there there were o- oval office puns in the copy. One is visit his oral or visit his oval orifice, which I really oh, that's loved. really good. But oral office also oral though. office. Um, one I really liked about uh, H uh, about George W. Bush. He'll batter your bush. You know, oh, sort of topical. Can you God. imagine if your orifice were oval, oval. shaped for it a of, second? It, it kind Ooh. of is though. <laughs> and and one last one on the Bar- Barack Obama sex doll. He'll simply He'll stimulate your package. Oh um, my god! I don't. I can't. Um, well, that's. What about Sarah Jessica Parker? I I, I already know this one, so I have to abstain. <laughs> but uh, after we're done, throw it to me, and I'll tell everyone. Okay. Oh okay. dear. Does anyone else have a tagline? I, mean, I feel like the. I feel like the. I don't know. I mean, I I obviously would think of like. Sarah Jessica Porker. Yes, like, yes, that yes, is yes, like yes, what yes. It is. But like that's just the name. So oh my god, Dennis, do you have any? Well, I couldn't figure out the end of it, but I feel like it has to start out with "I couldn't help but wonder." Oh. <laughs> it does not. It, it, I love that, but it's not. It Tommy, does. Sarah I Jessica could... Porker loves sex in her shitty. <laughs> 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 yes. No. Sorry. I, I, I couldn't help but fuck her. I couldn't help but fist her. I couldn't help but fuck her. I couldn't help but fuck her. That wins. That's genius. How about Princess? She only takes it big. Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Yes, that is actually ding 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 ding. We have the exact price. So easy. A new hole. More hole puns. The hole awakens. The hole awakens. No. Oh my God. Uh, uh, I chose this one because it has one of my favorite. No. Um, may I can't even say it. May foreskin be with you. No. <laughs> I'm done. I quit. I hate you all. Oh my God. As, as an uncut. Man, I feel very seen by this sex doll mm. copy. Did the she, foreskin um, is strong I with it. I cannot. <laughs> did she link That's up it. with? Did That's you link it. up with uh, Handjob Solo? Oh. Joe exclusively dates Handjob Solo. <laughs> oh my god! All right, oh Britney, god. Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Oh, I like that. Hit That's her right. pussy one more time. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Shit on me, baby, one more time. Oops, I shit. No, no. I on your heart. Oh my god. You know that's so dumb. This game is bad. This is a bad game. Why are you like this? I can't. This is so bad. Spank me, daddy, one more time. Okay. It's a good daddy reference. She's so fucky. She's a Those were better than all of the taglines. The best one of which was Bang Me Baby. Okay. Um, Cries from a lonely hole thinking (laughs) if there's nothing Um, shitty in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this game and it is bad. It is? (laughs) Okay, there is a Lady Gaga sex doll called Lady Gag Gag. (laughs) 
Lady Gang Gang. I thought it would be like poke her face. Uh, oh, 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 her so that is one of them. She wants you to poke her face okay. is one of the actual taglines. So Tommy Ding 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 number two. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I was born for this shitty game. <laughs> Sex in the shitty game. <laughs> Oh wait, yeah. anyone else? Anyone else? <laughs> I have wait. Okay, Stephanie Germanotti. Oh, that's her lingerie line. Oh yeah. my god, that is that is that's that's. I mean, I can't top that one. The, is she on the edge of glory? She's on the edge. A glory hole. edge of glory holes. The other something about monster cock. The other one on the actual side of the blow up doll is "I want to take a ride on your disco stick." Obviously, oh, oh, yeah. 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 But like her songs are already porn doll puns. Yes, exactly. They, they really All right, are. we have two left. Mm. Next up, Tiger Woods. Two holes in one. <laughs> no. Tiger Woods before the bonus. I'm yeah. trying to think about a DUI <laughs> pun. My- <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Dick under your eye. <laughs> I went along. It's, it's for dark circles. It's for little dark circles. Yes. Dick, dick under, under the eye. eye. I went along the same lines as Tommy. My wood gets a hole in one. Ooh. Oh. Something about wood. So there is, there is, he's, he's got major wood is one of them. Mm-hmm. He's always ready to play an extra hole or two is another one. Oh. And my, but the best one, the reason I put this on the list is it literally says the number one golf love doll. <laughs> The number so one a, golf so there's more. Yeah, yeah. There's um, more. But that's for people with golf fetishes. Don't <laughs> don't, don't kink shame. You're right. Okay. I'm not yucking anyone's golf yum. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. But like what a white fetish. To have. Yeah. Like come on. I know. Um, lastly, Beyonce. I will not. not. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I also disrespect the queen like that. Is it Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> And you no. pee on her. No! No one is peeing on Beyonce. We are officially canceled. Wow. I think I hear the beehive wow. behind the door. Uh, it is the actual tagline is crazy in love with cock. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so basic. Oh, well, thank you. <sighs> Goodbye, Dolly. Oh, my thank God. You for <laughs> For our next segment, which we're tentatively calling Every Trick in the Book. <laughs> the foin print. The f- um, or perhaps face down book up. <laughs> that doesn't make you any sense. vote on this one, actually. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, in an effort to make this show a little more literary, getting back to our bookish roots, we thought it might be a good idea for one of our whores <laughs> to, to, to talk to us about something hot in book culture. Wait, y'all can read? Mm, what? Books on tape. Books on tape. Books on tape. Yes, audio. 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 So this week, y'all, we're going to be talking about On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by friend of the show, Ocean Wong. Um, Ocean, you might, you probably remember him from our discussions of his incredible first book of poetry, mm-hmm. Night Sky with Exit wound, Wounds, or Dennis reading his poem, Someday I'll Love Ocean Wong, that was in The New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Ocean has a new book out, a novel, and it's called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. And it is brief and fucking gorgeous. Yes. It was a New York Times bestseller. No big deal. And he did an incredible <laughs> interview with Seth Meyers mm-hmm. on being an immigrant with a mother who can't read in English and about masculinity and queerness. You guys, mm. the book is so, so, so good. It's written mm. as, um, as a letter to his mom who can't read. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of this this longing for communication mm-hmm. that as it's writing itself acknowledges that that communication is absolutely impossible mm-hmm. because of barriers of geography and language and education and class differences. It's, it's just really a stunning book. Yeah. It, it's fiction. It is fiction. Mm-hmm. It's definitely auto fiction and it places itself in that tradition of auto fiction. What's auto fiction again? So it's like when, a, when the geography and biography of a novel very closely match the author's like um, a Romana clef. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, buildings Roman. Buildings <laughs> Roman. Uh, and I think the least interesting question to ask is like what's true and what's false because the world of the novel yeah. build it, builds itself so beautifully. And, you know, when I'm reading the book and I'm like thinking about all of the authors that I'm that I'm like having it be in conversation with, like Marguerite Duras, who is this incredible French writer of autofiction, um, Alexander Chi's first novel, uh, David Wadenrovich's book um, – close to the knives and then like all of these people are in the acknowledgements of the book you're like oh i get it like oh there's a thing you know there's a a thing happening here um and it it makes me think also of kese limon's heaven uh heavy Heavy. which was also written as a letter to his mother so like i think there's this thing happening where people are trying really hard to communicate to their beloveds and accepting that is kind of an impossibility and like writing into that impossible and what an ambitious Mm -hmm. thing to do right Mm -hmm. like you are calling the book impossible by its very conceit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book has, it's, it's, you know, he's a poet, so it's incredibly lyric, but it deals with issues of being a Vietnamese immigrant. It deals with issues of toxic masculinity. Like a lot of the, a lot of the men in the book are, are literally abusive. Um, but then there's also this really incredibly tender queer love story mm-hmm. where he um, has a really like largely beautiful and largely shame-free relationship. And I, I yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing that I was going to say is, so I was really lucky. I, I got, I, I requested an, uh, a preview copy ahead of time and got to read this book way back in the spring. Um, but I love how slutty Ocean has always been. Know. You know, <laughs> like, so one of my favorite, even though the, you know, his first book um, uh, of poetry was about so many different things, about a lot of things that are honestly touched in this novel. Totally. The, the parts that captured me the most were like his, the eroticism and mm-hmm. the kind of, the the bits of self-loathing and, and the personhood that comes out when you have mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. The kind of, the the ways that all of your, your ugly and your pretty kind of comes out in moments of intimacy. And, and that's something that I think Ocean captures really well. I also love, you know, you, I think you kind of t- said this earlier, but it kind of feels like a novella, even though mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a book length novel. But it's it's nice and it's nice and concise. Um, I, I I say it feels like a novella because the prose is so engaging and it pushes forward. There's this incredible momentum right. to the book. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like plot 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 plot. Mm-hmm. It's it's about it's about how the writer is engaging in writing letters to their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's is seen. there a plot? Yeah. There, I mean, there for sure is. It's that's the thing is that the novel is so conventional in so many ways. Mm-hmm. It's a coming of age. Mm-hmm autofiction mm. novel it is like very i mean that's just like as alexander chi says you know i decided to write my shitty autobiographical novel and have that be my first novel because that's what everyone does so in a way mm. it's the most expected thing but mm. then again it, in form in the way that it does it in the way that it moves through scene and flashback there are many times early in a scene where you don't know where you are until like later on in that scene so it kind of that drives you forward but there are yeah. periods of the book when it breaks into full poetry where there are line breaks right mm. and so like well it's a very conventional um Package like th- it is entirely queering what's possible mm. in that form. So would you call it a coming of gay? A coming of oh, gay. Oh, and you. Fran, can we talk about the barn sex scene? 
I mean, we can talk about uh, it. Uh, I mean, every sex scene, but also just like any sort of any any writing that engages any sort of rural foreplay will oh, really get well, me I'm a descendant yeah. of cowboys. Um, so, you know, it's in my blood to get my rocks To get off. into the mulch. I, <laughs> to get into the mulch. <laughs> to, to get that. Mm, giddy up. high energy. You know face what I mean? Face down, ass up in the mulch. Oh, God. <laughs> face down, fan. broke up. I mean, I just, I also loved, you know, as a person who writes a lot into the spaces where like sex is super sexy, but it also is super fucking disgusting, especially mm-hmm. when it's butt sex. Mm-hmm. And like what gets ocean in his mind and us as the reader to go into this first sex scene is like um a sick person in the book shitting themselves and so it's like the smell of shit it's like oh that's like the first time i bottomed and you're just it's just like it, you can't relate <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's yeah, like no. it's at the same time so sexy but like how a, a mind works and it's just gorgeous. And Ocean has always been, and especially in this book specifically, fascinated with memory and yeah. how yes. memory and nostalgia yes. build um, mm-hmm. an, an actual device throughout the whole book. And I, you, so as you're saying that, I'm realizing that, you know, along with memory uh, comes obviously trauma, but also like when something is seared in your brain, when a memory is seared mm. in your brain, every single one of your senses just singes it into totally. your, your, yeah. your brain. Well, and, yeah. and this book in particular, um, the ruptures of uh, it, the immigrant story, like may, mean it such that there, there are breaks in the familial memory. And right. Mm-hmm. So Ocean is doing the work of reconstructing like what his mom and grandma went through in Vietnam before getting to America. And mm-hmm. like, that's obviously not his memory, but at the same time, those stories have been told to him so many times that mm-hmm. it, that it becomes his memory. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's sort of building that. And, and it just is so beautiful. Anyone who has sort of a broken family, familial um you know sort of memory i think we'll really find in this book uh, a way of reconstructing it and yeah, the, and as what you're talking about also lends itself to you know the tone of voice like it's told totally. in the second person you know mm-hmm. it's addressing the you the you of his mother and you know i i love that idea of like how you've recounted a story so many times that you like you feel like you can tell it yourself mm-hmm. very actively mm-hmm. something else this book sets up from the beginning, but then tells you over and over again, um, it's kind of this really beautiful and also very tragic thing of being, you know, a kid of immigrants wherein, mm-hmm. you know, one of the the best uh, and the worst things that your parents can do for you, or rather the, the greatest act of love uh, your parents can do is giving you away um, and pushing you out of the home to grow and become something that the parent will never understand. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that has to do with your language, whether that has to do with how you grew up, whether it has to do with cultural norms. Um, you know, I feel like I had, even though my experience is nothing like oceans and my parents, you know, were born here in America that, you know, there is something very queer about the notion of your parents, if they love you, letting you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you will hopefully come back and report back, but speak an entirely different language. And that's the ultimate fruition yeah. of their sacrifice yeah. Yeah. is that you become something alleged to them. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the beautiful things about the book as well is that, you know, Ocean is queer, but his family is super straight, right? But because of the ruptures of the war in Vietnam and immigration, there is a queerness to his family. Like, but the biological ties are not the most important thing. The mm-hmm. the, the grandfather character, Paul, mm-hmm. you know, is not really his grandfather, but he, but that doesn't, the biological ties between them doesn't matter. He and that's says, not a spoiler. It's yeah. kind of early in it's the book. It's very early. He says, Paul is not my grandfather, by blood, but by action. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the book, mm-hmm. family is made by sacrifice, by showing up. And I, you know, I think that that, that is a really beautiful um, thing that comes out of all of the harm and ruptures. 
do we have time to close and read a little bit yeah, of Tommy, prose? Yeah, Tommy, do you want to? Yeah. Sure. Oh my gosh, read us an excerpt. Tell us a story, Tommy. Tell us a story. <laughs> hop on this book really quick. Ow! Keep going, I mm. said, and leaned back, offering it all. Grab it. I can't make sense of what I felt. The force and torque of pain gathered toward a breaking point. A sensation I never imagined was a part of sex. Something took over, and I told him to do it harder. And he did. Mm. He lifted me nearly off the bed by the roots of my follicles. Mm. With each slam, a light turned on and off inside me. I flickered like a bulb in a storm, seeking myself in his steering. Mm. He let go of my hair, only to put his arm under my neck. My lips brushed his forearm, and I could taste the salt concentrated there. Recognition flinched inside him. This is how we were going to do it from now on. Wow. I need to go take a smoke break. (laughs) Yes. Goodness (laughs) gracious. Grab me by the hair. And so, again, if you weren't listening at the beginning because you're a terrible listener like me, (laughs) the book is called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Wong. You have to go back. It's so beautiful. Required reading. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury. Because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care. And even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Mmm, it's time we get to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And Fran, will you sling your meat our way? Stop. <laughs> oh, consent. I consent. God. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I'm leaving. Yes, consent, y'all. This is the consent episode, part two, part 900, because all of our episodes <laughs> are about consent. Um, but, you know, in our very, very, very first season, episode 14, in what was one of our most listened to episodes in the history of Food for Thought. We had a conversation about gay bars and what that had to do with consent, particularly in the wake of one Kevin Spacey. Mm. Um, we reached a lot of conclusions with that conversation, and you should definitely you know, go back and listen if you're thinking about it. Um, but today, you're going to have a part two of that conversation and think about, you know, beyond the gay bar space, beyond what a club looks like, what 
how do we navigate consent in the bedroom? What does it mean when it comes to we as queer people and how we have discussions around it to give consent to our sexual partners? Um, whether that's a long-term partner or short-term short-term partner or a one-night stand, um, y'all are in our DMs asking about asking us about it all the time. Um, but to start off this conversation, I'm thinking you know this would be the most fruitful thing to talk about. When have y'all had a, been in a sexual situation wherein the lines of consent were blurred? Not necessarily to the degree of like sexual assault, um, but like per se, things were just, you know, you got mud in. You weren't sure what was happening. Literally anytime I drink. <laughs> no! Oh, no! I mean, just, you know. I don't have that, sex oh, sober, so it's <laughs> not every time for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, one time was like the first time I ever used an app to hook up with people. And um, it was like, I think it was a scruff hookup. Maybe it was a grinder. I can't remember. And. Uh, um, I took the the dude home and he spit on me, you know, and I, I've told another spitting story before. This is like, you know, th- those are the first time. spitting story. Different spitting story. You know, I don't know if I just have a spittable face or whatever. I've also been spit on by people in New York several times. So it's like, I do I have a spittable face? Would you just tell me right now if I had a spittable face? I'll spit on you if you're into that. Oh. And it was one of those things where I was like, I, I never hooked up with anyone on Scruff ever again because I was like, this is what people do. They come over to your house and they spit on you. That's what they use this for. In the same way that I didn't use Lyft for years because my friend Roy called me a Lyft in like, I don't know, 2014 and it smelled like vomit. And I was like, Lyft is the cars that smell like vomit. I'm not getting that. <laughs> and I mean, spit mm. is also a tricky thing to navigate in general yeah. if you're not really familiar with kink or fetish play or just like BDSM in general or like just anything outside of vanilla sex, which is totally fine if you're like not familiar with. But like, you're just, sometimes you're just like, why would anybody want to spit on me? Why would anybody want to get spit on? Yeah. You know, the appeal is not there. So I'm assuming Ugh. for you in that experience, it was difficult. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. You know, we talk about like, you know, degradation and desire and all that kind of stuff. And like, that is not one that I desire. Mm. That's all. That's all. Fair. I mean, and like, who, and but that's different for different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are people who don't like to get choked out, and I'm like, why? It's yeah, wonderful, yeah, yeah. but they don't like it. People you know? that don't like to be people who don't like nipple play. That's crazy I, uh, to yeah. me. I'm not big on nipple play. I know. It hurts. They're it not just sensitive hurts to in me. a way I, I don't none, like. I mean, I like to nipple play myself because I like the aesthetic of hard nipples on me, but it doesn't like do anything. <laughs> I also no. will never not enjoy a spanking like mm. in any scenario oh, I, I want really it right now. same always, same i will always enjoy mm. it um, a little tap. Yeah. I definitely one time was hooking up with a guy, and we had talked about this before. I think one of the hardest things about consent is that um, ideally you give people a checklist of things you like and things you don't like before you hook up. Like, that's the ideal situation. It's like, this is what I'm into, this is what I'm not. But sometimes, as we've talked about on the show before, you don't know that you like something until it happens, you know, and sometimes people like, um, the element of being surprised during sex. It doesn't want to feel like transactional in the way of like, here's the things you're going to do and here's the things you're not going to do. So and when, that, it, when it's surprised in the context of somebody reading your body, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you feel that's like, oh, you feel special. very seen and desired. Yeah. 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 But I, I was hooking up with this one guy who is an off and on um, sex friend and we both love videos. We're both super kinky. Our kinks are super like overlapping and we both love taking videos during hooking up, but I was taking a video of, each of, other. of, of, mm. of, of the acts that we're doing. Okay. Right. And so no like paparazzi in my sex, Um, So like he's you know he's like on his knees sucking my dick and I'm like taking a video of him and you know he's super into it and so I like send him the videos afterward and there was one that was uh, had his face in it 
And for him, he, he hadn't said that to me, but he realized that was a huge like deal breaker for him. Mm. And he was like, please mm. erase that, erase that from your phone, empty your trash. And he was like, send, please send me screen caps of like your trash being empty of this thing. I don't want this thing to exist anymore. And I was like, yeah, mm. you know, sure. Yeah. Like, uh, I, like a hundred percent, I understand that. I'm sorry, you know. And, and again, because we had a relationship, like I feel like we hooked up again after that. It wasn't a big deal. It yeah. was like, oh, he didn't ex- express to me that that was a boundary for him. And then once he did, I fucking fixed it, you know? Yeah, immediately. Um, immediately. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Because you're a good like, person. Like, no, you're a decent like, person. Like, no questions asked. Like, you you know, do and that's not always how it always goes down. No. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes people are just immediately defensive. Yeah. Or, they yeah. Imme- or their toxic masculinity kicks in and they immediately make it about them. And they're like they think they're unattractive or they think they're not hot shit or they think like, oh, oh, like, you know, this is something to do with my masculinity Mm. or like my fuckability. Mm. Yeah. And then they attack you. Instead Mm. of having an issue with the issue, it's an issue about the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. It's Mm. Dennis. Well, okay. I have a, I have a couple of moments, but I think the thing that um, I have like, I have like a, like kind of a good one and a bad one. So the one that was kind of rough was just a couple of years ago where I like met this guy in OkCupid. I think maybe it was early 2015. And I went to a friend's um, birthday and like had a few drinks. And then I met up with this guy at a bar and had another few drinks. And then we went to another bar. And so like by the time we get back to my place, like I was very drunk. And I don't really remember what happened to this day. I just remember waking up a little bit later to go like, throw up mm-hmm. and oh I've been there yeah and then the, the next morning I think I was like oh like what happened and he was like you passed out and I stopped because I am not like a, a rapist so I, <laughs> I stopped and I was like very grateful for that but it was just like this moment where I was that had ne- something like that had never happened to me where like I just like did not remember like anything um and so that was just like a huge lesson in sort of being like, okay, I need to like really be careful and be thoughtful because mm-hmm. this guy didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And TBH, like, I well, he did have to do that, but he, I mean, he had all, to, he had to, but not all men would do that. And also TBH, like, I don't know this dude, and I don't remember, so he could have been misrepresenting what happened for all I know. But I don't think he did. I didn't like feel we. Anything. I was gonna say like, and you know your body, and I know my body. Like, I feel like allegedly, I, I feel like I would have known. Um. Yeah. On the other hand, there's a guy that I'm, like, seeing recently who's pretty kinky, and we were hooking up, and he, we've done, like, some really aggressive, like, he's been spanking me, and this time he pulled out a couple of toys to use. And, like, he, it was really amazing because, like, I couldn't see him, but I, like, knew what was happening. I wasn't drunk or anything. And I felt like I was able to give my consent, like, very, very clearly, even though our, like, I couldn't see his face. Like, I was able to communicate with my body and he knew me well enough to know that I was communicating, yes, you can do this. And, like, we had a whole system, like, safe word system set up. And it was really, really hot. Mm. But I was also in the middle of it, because I'm always thinking about multiple things during sex. I was thinking about how that consent had gone and how it was so contingent upon us knowing each other that mm. I was able to do it in such a nonverbal way. But you, you're you touching on something that's really important that we need to name, which is that not everyone can actually 
name that. Not every right, not everyone right. can communicate whether or not they're giving nonverbal consent. Yes. Especially in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean, a lot some people freeze up. Some people freak out. Some people yep. in their head they're like, I don't want to disappoint this person. Yep, There's so many totally. reasons why someone would not be able to give nonverbal consent, which means which does not which means that you as the partner, if you're the kind of if you're a more aggressive partner, especially if you're someone who likes to have a really, really rough sex, um, or likes to engage in, in different kinds mm. of kink. First of all, slide into my DMs. <laughs> um, yeah. Second of all, you need to over communicate. Yeah. Yes. If yeah. you don't know that person, yeah, you need to over communicate so hard. It's just like it's not fun. Even if you're really into rough sex like me, it's not fun to find out after the fact. Mm-hmm. It's not a, yeah. it's not fun to find out while you guys are having sex cuz yeah. you have to kind of recalibrate your brain you're like okay so this is what we're doing I guess uh or you're or maybe you weren't necessarily in the mood for that you yep. know and you get to communicate that too mm-hmm. like I personally have been in a situation where I had sex with actually one of my really close friends and you know they like they're the roughest sex partner I've ever had. And that was not necessarily communicated to me ahead of time. Mm-hmm. However, we've been friends for years and years. And so, you know, the lines of consent were totally kosher and okay. And it was, it's usually the best sex of my life. Um, but, like, I, I feel like it would have been nice to be alerted to that ahead of yes. time. Yeah. Um, or hinted at. Or, you know, you want to be over commun- You could never communicate too much in these situations. Yeah. Well, so that's so hard for him because I think I know that there – I know submissive people – who like get turned off by being asked if it's okay all the time. Interesting. You know, yeah. so like for some people, there can't, but I think that one, but airing, especially in, so I think when you know someone, there are all sorts of systems that you can mm-hmm. build in for trust and communication, but for sure in early hookups, That's like the saying. first time, yeah, yeah. over communicate and mm-hmm. there's a, a thing that uh tina horn friend of the show has in her book love not given lightly where she was a sex worker mm-hmm. where it's like it can be really hot to set up a premise and then act that out i think one of the best things about yes. sex is that it actually can make you tr- stretch your boundaries and mm-hmm. and try things that you might be afraid to try mm-hmm. and so there's this scene where she is doing a spanking scene and she's like i'd been spanking scenes for years and she's like i know that people can push themselves further if they feel like an out is offered to them at any time so yeah. she sets up this scene where she's like I'm holding the hand of the person I'm spanking and they just have to grab it a little tighter and I'll stop mm-hmm. but like it's gonna get harder and harder and harder until they ask to be stopped and the premise is like push yourself yeah. but it's like because it stops whenever the bottom asks for it to be stopped so it's like yeah. people push themselves way way further and then the only other thing that I'll say is like communication during is super mm-hmm. important Aftercare. Yeah. Aftercare mm-hmm. is aftercare how does it go in? Go in. And describe. it's not just kinky sex, but like it's and it's not just the dumb question of like, who was that for you? It's like for me, you know, like cuddles, being present, not like fucking and bouncing. And you know, if you yeah. like ask like I did this thing, like so when I had my hand on your neck. Mm-hmm. How, was that okay? What was that? But like, mm-hmm. you should make sure that it's happening before. But then like, especially if you're trying to build something longer term, like you know, did you want that harder? Like asking about specific things. Right. Did, and especially you know? if you try mm-hmm. something for the first time, you know, just yeah. like in, cause like how many times have you consented to something then realized you didn't want to do that? Yeah. Or that it made you feel oh bad. God, and it's like, uh, it's hard to, to, I mean, you can't really, 
there are some things you can maybe have some kind of intuition about, but sometimes it's hard to know whether or not you're going to like something totally. until you try it out, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, like, what what are maybe some times you tried something and you were like, ooh, that wasn't actually good. I didn't really like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Aftercare is super important, especially for couples that have been together for a very long time. Oh, and yeah. you, like, consented to something, you know, a long time ago. And now you're like, I actually don't like it when you spit in my mouth. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh. But, like, to, to your, yeah, definitely reiterating your point, Joe, like, you know, sexual when you build a sexual rapport with someone, you won't have to over-communicate yeah. as much. Right. You know, you right. won't have to do all of that aftercare. You won't have to do a lot of that, you know. I also found recently that talking to someone about previous sex they've had informed yes. me about things that they like. Mm, yes. like uh, I always ask, which, what is you know, it, what you did and what did you like and how can I, because I want to, you know, let's Rihanna and talk that talk. Yeah. You know? yeah. Just like, give me that talk and I'll like let you, you do it. Yeah. Yeah, I hate bottoming after I've already come. Like, for example, I fuck it. It hurts. Mm. It makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, but I don't this, love it either. There's a person I was talking to who was like, no, if the, if like I've already come, like I want to like bottom until the other person comes. Mm, and, but I was like, mm. that to me was so mind blowing. I would never mm, assume that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's sort of like by telling me about <sighs> previous sex that he'd had, he allowed me a window into like things mm. that he likes being done to him that I would not have assumed. That is a superpower yeah. I do not have. Yeah. I, no, don't, I, you, I do not like talking about sex. I don't oh. like oh. with my partner. Like I don't even like, you know, talking during sex that much. Oh. Like, I like a little bit of it, you know what I mean? But, like, I don't want the narration. You <laughs> the know narration. what I mean? Like, I don't want your, like, third person, like, omniscient voice, like, <laughs> going through what the fuck is Literary happening. Thoughts. Like, I don't need your Re- Reader, your fucking... comma, he is now inside. We get it. You read A Little Life, okay? <laughs> like... Get out of me! You le- get out. If you, if I, I mean, hear, there are a few things n- I like more than dirty talk. Uh, yeah, yes, and, like, and real dirty talk goes did. way beyond narration. Like narration uh-huh. is the bottom of the barrel <laughs> for when dirty I said talk. I, but when I said I didn't like talking about sex, what I mean is like I don't like being asked on a date what I'm into, and that oh, is wow. probably like you know christian origin shame uh, about like talking about sex yeah. and yeah. it also just has to do with like flirt factor and how i like things that are unexpected and i like surprises um but you know that's not one of my superpowers that maybe something as you're saying it joan that i, I need to get better at well, let's, more about. can we talk about boundaries yeah yeah because like yeah. what are the what yeah. are those oh, yeah. <laughs> i don't understand that word mm. um you know, like, where do they come from? How do you know if you're stretching your boundaries in a good way or in a bad way? Quote, unquote, good or quote, unquote, bad way. I mean, like, with inhibition and consent and all that kind of stuff, and I'm as I question my boundaries and what it is that I want to do, what I'm willing to do, what I like to do um, – it, it, it's hard, you know, when you're when you have been demonized for your sexuality mm-hmm, specifically truly. to mm-hmm. understand where those boundaries are and come from, and if they are the products of shame, if they're the products of trauma, if they're the products of violence, or if they're genuine, and is there a difference? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, really. Garth Greenwell gave this incredible reading and talk when we were at Tin House together from his new book coming out called Cleanness, and really the premise there is like it's a scene where he's being dominant towards someone and push it like there's a boundary that he has set up where he doesn't want to do certain things and then he does them and it sort of transports him in this way that brings mm. up and almost heals trauma from being beat in his childhood right mm. so like of course as queer people like our boundaries but also our kinks are often tied to how we were treated like I love um, being called a faggot or a slut mm. when I'm fucking because what I realized in Garth's <laughs> talk was that 
it's asking me to become that thing that I was afraid of being. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like I was afraid of being a slut and now I get to enjoy being a slut. Mm-hmm. So it like is calling that out of me and it's just like, I'll come everywhere. Right. Yeah. And I don't love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh. I will not super enjoy you calling me a faggot. I, I'll enjoy it other things that you call me, but I won't enjoy that. You mm. know what I mean? And and I love the word faggot. Yeah, me too. You know what yeah. I mean? I fucking love it. I, I don't cannot, ever want to hear it in bed. I can't imagine actually being, I don't think I've ever been called a faggot in bed. I don't think so. I'm not saying like, I'm again, maybe this is a boundary. I might have to get into my DMs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but I do like being demeaned casually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, I, I love to be disrespected I, in bed. I, know. Oh, yes. I mean, this is like yes. such, I mean, this we're getting into like what we're into, which actually should be another episode. Yeah. We should talk about what we're into. So actually, maybe I'll just save that, what yeah. I was about to say. But, um, what, go for it. Oh, but I was just going to say, for me, yeah, the idea of like also interrogating, like interrogating our boundaries and both the things that we won't do and the things that we want to do and the things that we like want to do but won't do versus the things that we won't do and don't want to do. Like those are all boundaries that... I'm always really interested in thinking about like where they come from. And like, for me, like I'm very submissive in bed, but I also feel like part of what turns me on about being really submissive is just the idea, because I like, for me, like I'm a person who loves consent. Like I love being asked and giving consent um, verbally when we don't know each other as well. And in other ways, once we do know each other like that, and it, it doesn't d- lessen the mood for me. Sometimes it turns, it heightens me being turned on actually. Right. But it's really interesting because for me, like, even though I'm very submissive, that's one of the ways in which I feel very powerful in mm. like in the bedroom. And in that context is that I feel like I'm in charge and I get to say what we do when we do it, how much we do it, how much I want to take. Like I feel very powerful and that's part of the turn on, which is like, feels contradictory but is like very consistent right to me we definitely need to talk about the dark side to all this which is that like ways that we're naming how to have sex and how to give consent are idealized versions of what sex is yeah there are a lot of garbage people out there that Mm -hmm, are going to violate and not totally understand what any of these rules are, all these rules that we're naming. You know what I mean? And I think something that we need to talk about is the fact that when you sleep with the wrong people, Mm -hmm. they in their heads are weaponizing queerness and weaponizing Mm. being gay and how we should all be free to be as slutty as possible Mm -hmm. against constructs of consent that are necessary to sexual intimacy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like gay men will be like oh but like you know i love going into a club and there are go-go dancers everywhere and i just touch them whenever i want you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like or they're talking Mm -hmm. about how you know I remember we talked about this in, you know, last season, uh, season one's episode, but, you know, we read a particular op-ed that was kind of like, it's all, you know, boys just want to be boys in all of this. You know what I mean? Like, this is, that's like the best part about a gay club Mm -hmm. is that like, you know, we're, we're all just here to like have camaraderie and to like have sex with whoever we want to. And that's just like, you know, that's queer locker room talk. We don't want that. It's disgusting. I have a question that is super practical. How during sex... Have you withdraw like when something doesn't feel good? Do you have any tools for like how to stop it? How I, to with- withdraw consent during? Let's kick that person and then kick them out of my apartment. Like, I don't, like, yeah, that's true. Not, mm-hmm. that, that, that's not. I mean, I mean, that's because I was like, I don't. I'm not interested in doing this with you anymore. I've. I don't think I've ever had it where. There has been, uh, like, I think we need to stop that, but we can keep going. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. How about you, John? 
I mean, I, 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 I definitely have, you know, stopped and left mm-hmm. someone's You've apartment. You've told that story before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but I also, in a lot more subtle ways, I'm often like, um, I just kind of stop the act. I usually, like, if it's just like, I don't want to bottom anymore or whatever, I'm like, I need to not bottom anymore. Yeah. I just kind yeah. of say, I guess, the oh, thing, you know? I've yeah. never even thought about that. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, I say oh, it, all the time. It, it like hurts. It's like, oh, it hurts right. now. My um, 10 minute egg like, timer oh, goes Exactly. Out. Yeah. And I'm like, and. You're done. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. it, but it's like, then, then it's like we do the thing. I, this is how most hookups end for me, where we're both lying on our backs, making out and jerking off together until we both come. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, you yeah. know, it's like we fuck, we fuck around, we fuck, whatever. Like, it's pretty rare that I come inside of someone or, oh, or someone. so nice. And I love it when, when it, it happens. happens. Oh, when my butt is a ravioli. <laughs> yes! <laughs> It's not a thing. Why are you making that a thing? I I love it. Or like a puff pastry. Oh my god, Dennis, those are warts, baby. Ew! Ew! Your coin, beautiful croissant. So flaky, coin amant croissant. Pano chocolat. No. No. Yes. Yes. I love having pastry names for my pussy. Dennis is Danish. <laughs> and it's funny because he only sleeps it's with European true. white men. It's, it's not cinnamon. a rule. It's just how it's turned out lately. For me, consent is really important at like kind of every stage of the encounter. Um, at every and and again, there are sort of quiet, subtle ways to do that. I think once you know each other well, but like it's very important to me to always be aware of that. And I'm always thinking to myself, pretty much like you can stop this at any point. Like, yeah, right. Like, and it, and also, can. especially because when people's model for sex is porn, yeah, mm-hmm. and like nobody's asking nobody because they have already decided beforehand what they're gonna do. It's mm-hmm. a scene. It's filmed. It's fictitious or whatever. And 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 like you know. Porn isn't sex. Yeah. 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 And I sort of feel like, I don't know, as queer people, we kind of get to reimagine um, and dive really deeply into what consent looks like in our encounters because there are so many things that aren't rules for us anyway because so much of the conversation around sex for so long was just about, like, cishet um, sex. And so I think that that's, like, we talk about reimagining so many different things. That's another thing that we can take ownership of that's it right like that's like that's the this the uh, exciting and terrifying thing about all of this Mm -hmm. is that everything that we're talking about right now is still we're still working this out Mm -hmm. you know what i mean we're still figuring out what consent looks like yeah and it's it's kind of nice that we as queer people get to kind of queerify um what all these things look like and Mm -hmm. making sure that we're respecting each other's boundaries um to the maximum I'm feeling like I'm full, but I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how Always. I feel. And so our dessert this week is karaoke. Um, noted karaoke enthusiast Tommy Teebs Pico coming at you right now. Um, I love it. I love all forms of it. I love the private room karaoke. I love the um, in, in the bar karaoke, out in the open karaoke. For a while, my roommate Roy, former roommate Roy, I love you, Roy. Roy doesn't live with me anymore. It's sad. I don't care. But anyway. <laughs> that was the most feeling I've ever seen Tommy have. Honestly, had, I'm had, floored. Had like a microphone um with 
like and it with a thing inside of it that you could just like play karaoke songs yeah. like sing in your living room and i was like i love that i love karaoke just doing it on youtube i love like singing in the shower i just love singing you know what i mean mm. and uh so i am pro karaoke i am in a room full of people who are very anti so i just had to get my shit out there but i will say i was at karaoke one time with a friend and he was like why do i why would i want to go to karaoke and i was like Oh, I love it. He's like, no, it's like going to the worst show ever. And I was like, okay, but that's because you're not participating. Like, mm. a part of it, it's not about being good. It's about doing it. It's about the catharsis of letting it out. And, most and everyone's of the time, supporting you. Mm-hmm. Most of the times when I've been out with people and we've done it once, they just wanted to do it again. Mm. You know, it became, like, yeah. addictive. Now I have this, like, when I'm in New York, I have this crew of people. Me, Heron, uh, Heron Walker, my friend Tyler, my friend Chantal, and it's just, and um, Sam Ross. We just, like, go to, like, my friend Lauren, we just go to a place where we're just, like, this is, we're ending this place. And no one's good. Well, Chantal is really good. No one's, like, good, necessarily. It's just, like, a fun thing to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, go for it. I was just going to say, I am one of the aforementioned, aforementioned thoughts that does not like karaoke. And now that you're talking about it, Selling a little, you said a little more about it that I think I can get on. You, you're talking about as a community thing, yeah. like talking about the camaraderie of it, about mm-hmm. everyone's in that room supporting you and cheering you on. Like, I think actually, you know, maybe I'll go to karaoke with you Ooh. next time. Just kidding. Uh, I'm not, I'm not no, I was like, that's, no that's karaoke at Akbar tonight. No, oh, is that oh, why she was no, no, campaigning? I don't know. I don't know. I'm uh, googling it right now, bitch. I, um, I okay, I, I thoroughly enjoy a good karaoke i prefer it when it's in the room but because this is the thing you're right it's the community and it's sort of like um i think of karaoke as like a team building exercise um it's like it's like a different version of like a trust fall and um you know when you're in the room with those people that like it's gonna all be cool like everyone's gonna love each other and support each other i feel like it's a little scarier when you do the kind of karaoke where you're like out in front of like the whole audience of Mm. people sitting in the bar and i'm like much i'm much more scared of that but every time i've ever done it it's been the same experience where it's a lot of fun and i also just feel like you get to like express yourself in a way that's different from how you would normally express yourself Mm -hmm. like we all have songs that have lyrics or melodies that really speak to us for whatever reason and we get the opportunity to sort of connect with them in a public way. And I feel like that like lends a different layer to what the way, the fact that we're expressing something that we maybe don't express all the time. And honestly, if you just pick a song that everyone knows, everyone yeah. is going to sing along That's with true. you. That's true. And they'll drown out your, your if you're out of tune. Yeah. Do y'all <laughs> remember the car ride that we had with Dennis where they were very, very drunk and singing along very loud to and every Beyonce song? And very I, out of tune, but they were convinced they were amazing. And Dennis, their, you know, their sibling is a professional musician. And Dennis was going, I sound amazing. It's my, in my jeans. It's in my jeans. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And then just like, Fran was driving fully sober. Yeah, I was like, very got, drunk. Got lost. Fran lost I had blocked it. some of that out. Thank you yeah. for jogging our I mean, memory. I feel like the Singing thing, is fun. The thing that I don't like about karaoke, particularly in New York. Oh, the Broadway's? Um, the, broad, the Broadway, the like... The Broadway folks who didn't make Broadway, and so for them, it's like the biggest stage they'll ever know. Mm. Uh, and oh, and it, that was a drag. And it also, <laughs> it also makes me feel like I can't. Like I'm not a good singer, uh, and and I feel more self conscious doing karaoke than I ever do. 
Mm. And I hate it. I just hate it. I just don't. I the, my like. I have a waking nightmare. A nightmare, nightmare about you know at the end of a karaoke song when it plays the chorus five too many times and it's like uh, you want to be yep. off the stage. Yep. Everyone else wants don't you to be off the sweet stage. Sweet dreams by the Eurythmics because they <laughs> just, do sweet dreams are made of forever. these for like three minutes. It's like it just yeah. is. It's that's my hell. Being mm. bad, having people annoyed with me, mm. being annoyed with myself, and like it does all not of end. That is like your entire brand, though. Like oh. that's, that's your twin. Like, but again, it's not about being quote unquote good or bad. It's just like the catharsis, the expression, and the support. Mm. Yeah, so if you go with yeah. the right people and it's in the right room, you know, and you I mean, have to pick the right song. And it was and the room has a vibe too, right? Yeah. Like when you're in a, when you're in a big room, like like a song that you might feel very good singing, you're like, mm, that's not going to play in this room at this moment yeah. at this yeah, time. Yeah. Or like you walk into Tin House Summer Karaoke, uh, you sing Summertime Sadness by um, Lana Del Rey and it's literally all that anyone can talk about for the rest of the week. <laughs> That's not a... I mean, except except, except, I except for the Wells Tower God reading from the year before. <laughs> this episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at iHeartRadio. Our producer is our, the genie in our bottle, Alexandra <laughs> De Palma, and our social media manager is the Cave of Wonders, Christina Tucker. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or Fran starts wearing pastels. <laughs> yes! yes! Please! I please. would never. <laughs> Do not. I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at HeyTeebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S, on all relevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on Instagram and Twitter and Venmo and CoStar. I'm Dennis Norris the second, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. I am Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of each week's main topic. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading and some extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 